Let me say that one more time. Overcome with terror and amazement, they fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Now the author of the Gospel of Mark doesn't really drive home that Eastery feeling, do they? The other Gospels, I think, do a much better job. Like they do a better job of painting the Easter that we all have all come to know over our lives. Matthew's account of the resurrection as Jesus meeting Mary and Mary outside the tomb. Luke's account of the resurrection omits Jesus being there, but adds that Mary and Mary went and told the disciples. They did not remain silent about what they had seen and what they had heard. The Gospel of John is probably the most dramatic account of the resurrection. Mary and Mary are running, crying. It must have been a very dramatic scene. The Gospel tells us that the disciples themselves were confused. They had been with Jesus for three years. They didn't know what was going on. And then all of a sudden, Jesus appears. The other resurrection accounts make for a nicely wrapped image of the resurrection. And this morning we are left with Mary and Mary being seized by terror and amazement and then silence. Terror and amazement are not the feeling we want on Easter Sunday. Especially on an Easter Sunday when we've put on our Easter duds. Later this afternoon we will enjoy a nice Easter brunch and then after church you all are going to go outside and pose for family portraits. I don't know about you, but when I look this good on a Sunday morning, the last thing I want you all to fear, feel is terror and amazement. The ending of the Gospel of Mark does not fit the new life, the new hope that we feel each year at Easter, especially with the signal of new life returning in the spring. On a day when we expect to be overwhelmed by the presence of the risen Christ. The ending of Mark's gospel is entirely underwhelming. The ending of the gospel of Mark is so underwhelming that in the 4th century, edits were made. A shorter ending was added, two sentences that aligned Mark's gospel more closely with the other three gospels is an attempt to take that underwhelming finish and give it a little gusto. A few centuries later, that shorter ending, those two sentences weren't enough. So they added more to it. They added more verses to the ending of Mark's gospel because it's so underwhelming. They needed it. The early church thought that they had to infuse a little energy into what Mark had to say. Part of the problem Part of the problem with the ending of Mark's account of the resurrection is that we are expecting the victorious Jesus to emerge from the tomb. We're expecting the victorious Jesus of Palm Sunday to be waiting inside or just outside the tomb. We're expecting the ending of John's gospel, but instead we get, as the New Revised Standard Version translates, terror and amazement. The ending seems underwhelming because it is. And we don't like the feeling of underwhelmingness in our lives. At some point, most of us have 
been underwhelmed by an experience. Perhaps it was the ending of a Netflix series that you've been watching all weekend, or a book that you just felt like you had to read. Or maybe it was the underwhelming, dissatisfied feeling that you felt after visiting a restaurant that a good friend told you changed their lives. <laughs> right? What was supposed to be the culmination of a story or a life-changing meal falls flat, leaving you wanting more or thinking to yourself, meh. Mark's account of the resurrection is meh. How is it that the birth of Nora May, her birth is more overwhelming in my life than the ending of Mark's gospel? <laughs> if you have... Kids, you know how overwhelming that feeling can be. And the resurrection of Jesus is more overwhelming than that. Easter morning, the empty tomb is as the Beyonce of the Episcopal Church, the Reverend Fleming Rutledge describes, the trans-historical yes to the historically crucified Son of God. The resurrection of Christ spans history, uniting the church from generation to generation. The resurrection of the crucified Christ is the linchpin of Christianity. It's a non-negotiable. And if the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the linchpin of Christianity, then Easter is the vindication and victory to the violence that happened on Good Friday. The empty tomb was God's victory over death, and the Gospel of Mark leaves us paralyzed with terror and amazement. The ending of the Gospel of Mark is very unsettling. Terror and amazement are very exciting words. Thinking of how Mary and Mary must have felt leaves me wanting to know more, and I'm sure it does for many of you. Some of you might even prefer to read the Gospel of Mark through chapter 15, skipping verse 16 and heading over to John 20 to finish the story. That's not how I want to experience the resurrection. That is not how I want to receive the good news that Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God, is waiting for me in Galilee. When you look back on the events of your life that felt that left, left you feeling underwhelmed, wanting more, feeling meh, there's a silence that follows. The silence can be deafening. And in that silence, you have an opportunity to reflect, to consider what happened and how to respond. In the silence, you can figure out if that experience was meh, or if it was a life-changing experience, if it was an encounter with the divine. Throughout his ministry, throughout the three-year course of Jesus' ministry, he would heal someone and then tell them to be quiet about what had happened to them. And the more Jesus implored them to be quiet, the more that they, the healed person, the person who had the encounter with the divine insisted on announcing to the world what Jesus had done. And now at the empty tomb, we have the exact opposite happening. So they went out and they fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Terror and amazement 
fear, the feeling of great awe. Those are all characteristics of our human experience. Those are characteristics of how we encounter the divine. And the author of Mark wants us to feel the emotions of Mary and Mary as they arrive at the tomb, as they encounter the empty tomb, and as they leave paralyzed by fear. In the underwhelming ending to the Gospel of Mark, the author wants us to grasp, wants us to feel this terror felt by the women. They were seized by fear. They were seized by fear because it would have been much easier for them to anoint the body of Jesus, his dead body, than to proceed to the ramifications of the resurrection. It makes more sense to anoint a body with spices than it does to have an encounter with the living God. We can explain the former, not the latter. Prior to their encounter with the divine messenger, the women had relinquished Jesus' earthly life because they were conditioned to view the world that way. It's the same way for us today. We measure our world by power, wealth, security, and beauty. Yet on Easter morning, God overturned all of those things in the angel's announcement that Jesus was not there. When you strip away power, wealth, security, and beauty, you're left with science. On Tuesday evening, this past week, I cashed in a Christmas gift from my wife. Allison conspired with Pastor Ed last December to make sure that I didn't have any Tuesday night meetings. We got in our car and we went downtown. Allison took me to hear Rob Bell speak at the Lincoln Theater. Rob, in addition to being a past guest on the acclaimed podcast, Crackers and Grape Juice, he's also a pastor. He toured with Oprah on her The Life You Want tour. He's also an author and a podcast host. The Lincoln Theater was Rob's stop on the Holy Shift tour. Rob shared seven stories of Weirdness that he had experienced while living in L.A. and while traveling around the world. His stories included a haunted hotel in rural England, a very colorful Trading Joe's parking lot attendant, and an odd affirmation that he received while jogging through his neighborhood. Unlike our Gospels, the ministry of Jesus In the stories that Rob told, there was no connecting thread. There was no commonality shared within those stories. The only thing that the stories shared was at the very end, the stories left you thinking, gosh, that was weird. And after each weird story, there was silence, and then we went to the next story. And after Rob told all seven of his weird stories... He shared with us. He admitted that there was no common thread for all the stories. There was no way for him to wrap each of those stories up, put them together, and make a nice present for us as an audience. And we sat there thinking, oh, great. Glad we paid money for this. But the silence that surrounded each of Rob's stories is the same silence that surrounds the empty tomb. 
Rob's stories, while funny and full of weirdness, were surrounded by kadosh. Let me hear you say kadosh. kadosh. Okay, you learned a new word. That is a Hebrew word. We've skipped from the Greek. We've gone back to the Hebrew. It means holy with an H and holy with a W. Meaning that the divine was present, the holy, through the whole encounter. The situation at the tomb was no different. Because at the same time, at the same time, while there was an empty silence, the silence was holy with an H. And in that silence, there was space for Mary and Mary to process the entirety of the whole story of what had happened. In the weirdness of the silence, the holy was present. There was time for them to realize that Jesus had returned to Galilee and was waiting there for the arrival of his disciples. In the silence, there was space for the whole of the holy event to be seen. The silence of Mary and Mary at the end of Mark's gospel while they are at the tomb is not a bad thing. Their silence is the same silence that we encounter after we experience the resurrected Christ. Silence provides space within the weirdness or the unfamiliarity of what's happening. Provides us with space to experience God at act, acting in our lives. In the silence, the voice and the presence of God is able to resound. The underwhelming silence that we hear at the end of the Gospel of Mark is the resurrection story that most fits our reality today. The ending of the Gospel of Mark is what makes sense for the lives that we live today in 2018. It makes sense because this morning we have no physical appearance of the resurrected Christ. Well, not yet. He may be in the hallway, and I don't know it yet. But we have bread, and we have juice. But we do not have the physical body of Christ here. We have an empty tomb and a hope that in the ordinariness of our lives... The risen Christ will be made known to us. In the silence of Mary and Mary, we have the first witness to the resurrection. There's no fanfare. There's no Hosanna echoes of Palm Sunday. Those are gone. And all we have left is the overwhelming silence of the empty tomb. And we know that the silence of the first Easter didn't last for forever. 2,000 years later, we still witness the resurrection through the witness of the saints who have gone before us, who encountered the resurrected Christ. And the generations to come, my kids, your kids, your grandkids, your neighbors, they will rely on our witness. The promise of the resurrection points to Christ waiting for his disciples in Galilee. But it's not neatly delivered to us because in the underwhelming ending of the Gospel of Mark, we find the overwhelming presence of the Holy. And that whole experience, albeit full of weirdness, compels us to first be silent and then make our way to Galilee, where Christ himself is waiting for us. Christ is waiting for each of us in Galilee, each of us. In the upper room on Monday, Thursday, Jesus washed the feet of a man who would betray him 
and his closest friends who would deny ever knowing him the very next day. And yet the instructions to Mary and Mary was to send those who denied knowing their closest friend in his darkest hour to meet him. There's nothing that can be done to separate us from the overwhelming love of God. So when Jesus tells us to meet him in Galilee or on North Glebe Road or at a table with a simple loaf of bread and a cup of juice, you know that there's a place for you. The love of God made flesh, and Jesus Christ overcame the power of violence, death, and darkness in this world. Christ is risen. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen.